Hi guys, this is Jake Parker. Welcome back to another episode of the Beyond Fit podcast, where it's my job to help you apply knowledge that is both scientific and practical into your own life to maximize your physique development and your overall body, as well as your mind. The combination of these two things is what makes you Beyond Fit. Hi guys, welcome back to the Beyond Fit podcast. Today, the guest coming back for a second time on the show is Honors Varner. I reached out to him specifically because he's been talking a lot about a new program. I'm going to let him talk a little bit about here. Um, But Honors and I really connected last time. I know that we could have we could have gone even longer. So he was someone who was chomping at the bit to have back on the show. But the program is called Diesel Dad. And so we're going to kind of dig into all of what that means. Anders is, we're just talking about how he's going to, within the next couple months, be a dad of two. So that's become especially important to him. So I guess I'll just let you kind of talk a little bit about the idea behind the Diesel Dad program. I know that one of the questions I was most curious about was, I heard you talk about how this has been an idea for so long, but what made you really take action? Was there like a somewhat of an inflection point where you realized that it was time to take action? Yeah, I'm trying to remember where where I was in my life the last time we talked. Um, I want to say like maybe June were we, of last year. Were we, yeah, we were in the pandemic, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, it's like a perfect summer of last year. Yeah, it's like the perfect place to actually start. Because when it was probably right about there that I started like joking on myself, like the whole idea of the diesel dad was me just making fun of myself in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, you know, we, you have a podcast, I have a podcast, um, you have like social media people and you try to make your life look so cool. And Mm -hmm. like, I'm working out all the time and I'm living this super healthy life. And then all of a sudden you're in a pandemic and you're like, well, how do I make my life look cool? I'm like stuck in my house all Mm -hmm. the time. And on top of that, like daycares were closed. And my wife went from an office to us being co-office habitating husband wife babysitter like all these things all at once and then I was waking up at 5 a.m so I could get work done before the family woke up and I would get like 30 minutes while she was sleeping in the middle of the day that I could go to my garage lift weights and then I was like right back into thrust into the middle of like diapers and daycare daddy daycare and husband and all this stuff and it was like I just made this like goofy little superhero character of I'm basically just like the diesel dad where I spend 99% of my day just doing dad stuff. And then I get this tiny little 1% where I get to go be jacked and Mm -hmm. I get to go like hang out in my garage and lift weights and act like I'm super cool. And I just kind of coined it like the diesel dad. And that went on for a good six, seven months and, it's kind of funny when you have social media and you start doing things like that because the more you do it the more it transforms into this like being this kind of character this mm-hmm. own own thing and you're like man maybe I kind of like this like what what is this what is this person or what is this thing that I'm I'm digging into and I kind of like it yeah and um you know what what really happened was people started connecting with it and the people that started connecting with it um if you were to put like a real target to who these people are and who these people that i was kind of like like inspiring to get up and get moving and and understanding that you have to fight for the ability to train you have to fight for the ability to fight to, to eat well you have to fight for your your space in life to to go focus on your personal goals like when you're 20 22 years old, 25 years old, training is so easy. Mm-hmm. You have all the time. It's kind of like you just got out of college a couple of years ago. Could you believe at this stage in your life, if somebody was like, dude, you need three, you have three hours of commitment today. Mm-hmm. Like, huh? I'm working like 10, 12 hours. I got two jobs. I got things to do. Mm-hmm. And like, and then you go, well, in college, you only have to go to three hours of classes. Right. And you might have like an an hour, two hours of homework. And that's mm-hmm. only if you actually care about mm-hmm. how well you're doing in school, which most people only sort of care. And it's kind of like, I don't remember what the rule is called, but work expands to fill the time allotted. 
Yeah. So it's just like, as you, as you gain more work, you kind of, you hopefully are going to cut out things that are unnecessary and stuff like that, but it's, you know, whatever you adjust to. So in college, you're just like, Oh, you know, I just, this is, this is the baseline for me. And then as yeah. you adopt more responsibility, I think that one of the interesting things I've always observed that I've told people before is like every stage in life, it seems like people tell you it's going to be harder and you realize that, but the adjustment comes quicker than you think. So even like middle school to high school, they're telling you how hard that's going to be. And then it's like, you manage yeah. high school to college. It's going to be so much harder, but you manage it. You can always, I think that we kind of underestimate our ability to adapt. And I think partly what's the key and like what you're talking about is hopefully you've built in habits so that yeah. the, the, the more your time gets taken away from you, the more you can take advantage of like the high return activities, especially around your health. Exactly. And, uh, and that's, that's a hundred percent what I'm, I learned over those things like if I got 30 minutes, what do I do in 30 minutes that gives me the biggest bang for my buck to get into the gym and, and get after it and then get out. And we kind of built a training program around that. Um, and it did really well. It launched great. But as it as it snowballed and as it started to really take on a life of its own, what I started to do was meet and talk to tons of dads that had countless hours when they were 25 years old like they all thought they were busy just like every senior in college thinks they're busy mm -hmm. and but what they're doing in that time to to fill their time and fill their days is hang out with their friends at the gym mm -hmm. they're they're going to go eat food with their friends and typically it's going to be food that's relatively healthy because they care about fitness and then what happens, like you turn 32 years old and CrossFit, you know, because CrossFit for my generation of training was like the thing. Mm -hmm. Everybody has done at least a year or two of CrossFit, um, upwards of maybe 10 to 12 years like me. Um, but everybody had the time. Everybody could train. All of their friends were centered around training. And then all of a sudden the whole thing worked mm -hmm. and they got the girl and then they got married. And then they had a little bit less time and then they had a kid and then they had a little less time. And what I'm learning is that the people from that were training really hard, say they found fitness at 22 when they got out of college, maybe even they found it at 18 when they were in college, mm -hmm. say they have a decade of good training under their belt from 22 to 32 years old, but they didn't fully like buy in to all of it. Right. They loved working out. They loved eating well, but they also had this like huge social scene, right? Mm -hmm. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they're waking up, they're partying. They, they come home from work on Friday. It's happy hour. Mm -hmm. Then they go to the party or they go to the gym. Then it's happy hour. Then they go out for the night. And then Saturday, they, they wake up, they, they go and maybe go to the gym. Then Saturday night, they go out. Then Sunday, they go to brunch and have mimosas mm -hmm. and hang out with their friends. And they're not – it's like a, a loose 100% buy-in. Like yeah. they're fully committed to being in shape and strong and doing it, but they're not putting in the, like the soul work, mm -hmm. they're not well, committing to the full lifestyle. What's coming to mind for me is like, I, one of the things I try to convey is like, I really took it upon myself to learn all the mechanisms that go into getting fit, which is yeah. different. And another thing that I've noticed about people my age or younger is like, even because you have so much time and because like you say if you're like committed to getting those five workouts in a week and eating you know just you could just say healthy you know whatever that means to you if the effort's there you're probably going to have enough that like you're really you're hitting all these big rocks even though you don't realize it and then probably yeah. what changes and what makes it more difficult is like you say you 10 years later you're you're with the family you have the kid and you don't you may not necessarily know, well, what was I, what were the big boxes I was checking? I was just living this lifestyle. And so it yeah. made macronutrients easy. It made getting protein easy. It made working out enough easy, but what it's probably like switching that focus to, okay, now that I have the minimal time, maybe these people don't know exactly what the high return things are. Is that kind yeah. of part of your hundred percent? So these people had coaches and like how many times, um, you know, it doesn't like actually happen, but you know, this goes on in people's brains all the time where they go, well, just tell me what to eat. Yeah, exactly. Or just tell me what workout to do. And you go, well, okay, but we're skipping over the learning process. When we do mm -hmm. that, we're skipping over the, the big buy-in to, uh, 
understanding these these big rocks that we need to really learn about. And when you skip over that learning process and someone just tells you how to do it, you create success without sustainability. Mm -hmm. And success is great. Sustainability is the thing that keeps it going forever and makes it really important to you so that you don't have to have somebody just tell you what to do. And that piece was missed in that whole decade of those people training really hard. What they nailed was having a really good support system, having a really good community, having a really good strength background, um, having really good conditioning, having like all those pieces that CrossFit and, and group classes and gyms have. But it didn't have the sustainability piece so that when all of those pieces started of life started to happen where it's, it's marriage and it's kids and mm -hmm. it's, it's having a real profession that you want to be good at and commit yourself to like your career and, and developing money and wealth and focusing on that aspect. Like now all of a sudden it starts to all that, all that time and energy that's going into family fatherhood and your career starts to pull away from the personal goals of being healthy, being mm -hmm. in shape, carrying a good body weight or a healthy body weight. And it, it takes like five years. Yeah. If you put well, on a pound a month or a pound every quarter for five years, all of a sudden you're 15, 20, 30 pounds overweight and you go, Oh no, what happened? Mm -hmm. And the only story, you know, about being in shape is high intensity interval training, right. lifting as heavy as possible. It's completely unsustainable for the rest of your life, but you've only had this one gap in life where you were in great shape. Mm -hmm. So you feel like you have to go back and do that training plan or that methodology or only eat chicken and broccoli because that was yeah. like the thing that worked or you don't have this macro understanding of the, the big rocks mm -hmm. and and having built a sustainable approach to how to be healthy past 32 years old, mm -hmm. maybe even an idea of how you're going to do it at 50, 60, 80. Like how do you maintain that same level of, of strength, conditioning, hard work, knowing that you've got 16 hours to be awake and everything in your life is competing for those 16 hours. So what are the big rocks and that's really where I started to like recognize, oh, wow, there's an entire generation of people right now that did CrossFit, my mm -hmm. generation of people that did CrossFit for 10 years, call it. They had their friends, they had coaches, they had a gym, they had community, they had fun, they had all this stuff. Then they got the girl, then they got married, mm -hmm. then they had the kids, then life got crazy. Then all of a sudden they're going to soccer practice. Then all of a sudden their career's taking 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day. They don't have those, that core group of friends that's training really hard and really focusing. And they don't have their, like, they're like their pack of wolves that they're traveling with and, and training with every day. And now all of a sudden they're 20, 30 pounds overweight, everything's soft. They feel like crap. And the worst part is that they remember being in shape. Mm -hmm. They remember what it looked like feeling super confident looking in the mirror. They remember that like that edge in life of feeling like a savage and now they feel soft mm -hmm. and it sucks. It seems like, again, an easy tie to like education in college because what comes to mind for me is like in college, you can memorize things and get an A or you can really yeah. learn things and get an A and it's not going to make a difference at the time, but whether you're going to, you know, into a specific field or you just want to learn things for later in life, it's going to eventually come back to bite you that you didn't necessarily learn. You didn't know the yeah. mechanisms that were going into it. 100%. Just, just memorizing is, is fine to an extent, but it depicts, just like you say, tell me what to eat, tell me what to do. That isn't a long-term solution. And you're, what you're doing is making people self-sustaining so that, you know, when, when things wax and wane, I think what's important is not that it's like a mystery. It's like, well, yeah. I don't know why all this fat happened, you know, but it's like, if you actually know what goes into it, kind of like how you talked about uh, educating on macronutrients and metabolism, even if someone puts on 10 pounds, but if they can articulate exactly what happened, okay, I was obviously eating too many calories and not getting enough activity. Even if it's that baseline of, of having that understanding of physiology, it 
takes away the mystery. And I think that it makes people probably more geared towards action and more feeling like they are empowered to do something about their problem. And it's confusing as hell, right? Mm -hmm. Like how many people or like, I keep saying how many people could, but there is no exact number, but it's, it's an overall mindset that we have in this space of plugging holes without focusing on this, this macro approach to understanding where the big rocks are. So mm -hmm. we've broken the big rocks into these five, we call them, it's uh, just basically like five pillars of performance of what is your mindset around fat loss? What is your mindset around your body? And breaking that into two major categories of the internal and the external, right? So your mind and body, those are kind of the two big external or internal pieces that we focus on of what are the facts? Like take all the crap, all the stories of your past, take all of it, get it away. We don't want to talk about it anymore. But what are the facts of exactly where you're at right now? How do we objectively view what today looks like? How do you feel emotionally? Are you happy? Are you depressed? You know, do you have fulfillment in your life? Are you, is it, are you able to articulate and actually put like, you could even put an objective number one through 10 of how happy you are. Mm -hmm. how, what are your confidence levels? When you look at yourself in the mirror, what, what mentally triggers in your brain? And then there's the objective measures of what's your weight, what's your body fat. And we can start to really put an assessment to where you are today internally. Now, when we start to talk about environmental, the external environment, it's like, where's your relationship with your significant, or what's your the significant relationship like with your spouse, most likely? Who, how are you with your, with your wife? Like, do you have a good relationship? Are you, are you intimate? Do you have mm -hmm. good conversations? Um, all of these pieces are really important because when you walk home that night, you go, hey, I just spent uh, a lot of money on this transformation program. Can't wait to eat better. And, and she goes, I'm not changing. Mm -hmm. Now we got a problem. Now we got fights. Now, we got, now we've got friction in the house. You know, what's, what's like your impact? Who, who are the people that you're really making a real impact around? And are you happy with that? And this is really, really challenging to talk about with people because now you're when we talk to people, we go, so uh, are you positively impacting your family? Like, mm -hmm. do you feel like you're doing a great job? And if you lack confidence and you lack really like the, if you're carrying yourself with the insecurities, here's a great question. This came to me the other day and I have not put it. This is the first time I've really talked about this. This is actually great. So happy to talk to you about this. I was in I was like combing my daughter's hair. We were in the shower. We were doing something. And I made a mm -hmm. joke about combing her hair. And I was like, can daddy use your brush? And she goes, dad, you don't have hair. I, go, <laughs> I was like, ha, ah, of course I don't have hair. That's why I made the joke about using your brush. But she, and then she goes, daddy, why don't you have hair? And it, it was like kind of a cool thing. Cause it was like, oh, she's like, these are like questions of life. Yeah. And I'd rather her like, be, feel confident to ask me like weird mm -hmm. questions of life but what's gonna happen like the next day i kind of had this thought of like kids don't have a filter right, they're like 100%. straight honesty right mm -hmm. they don't they don't think about the societal norms of should i ask my dad if he's bald mm -hmm. and it kind of hit me and i want to create an entire series about this once i have like my full head around it so i appreciate you listening to this and i'm, cause I'm like ironing it out with you mm -hmm. um what happens when your eight-year-old daughter goes to school and someone calls her fat mm -hmm. and she comes home and she goes, dad, am I fat? And you go, you could either, there's like it, countless infinite ways in which you could answer that question. Mm -hmm. Because if your kids are overweight at some point, they're going to go to school and they're going to get called fat. Mm -hmm. Like kids are brutal. And. Well, and again, kind of like, kind of like you said, like, for kids, it's just they're more comfortable saying these things that are objective to them. But exactly. it's like they, they, they don't necessarily have that emotional intelligence that, oh, I, this is going to make someone else feel bad. It's, again, just that, that, and that innate curiosity. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, that super hit me because 
there's like many layers to this, right? Like I want to help dads get in shape that, but that's relatively simple. And then the next level is like, well, why do I want to help them get in shape? Like I want people to experience, like I, I say this a lot of like, I want parents to live their life in the arena with their kids. I don't want them sitting on the sidelines doing this, just watching life happen. Like, oh, look mm -hmm. at the kids going. Like, no, if they're having a race outside, go sprint with them. Like, be on the playground. Be doing pull-ups. Be teaching them how to hang. Be, be doing, doing it, playing with them. And that's another layer. Like, that, bit, that gets into, like, the confidence. Are you vulnerable enough? And are you open to being able to go play like a kid? And, mm -hmm. and tap into your inner child that we all have inside us to just be able to go and, and do it and have fun. And then like the, the next level of that is, is really like the leadership role. Like on a philosophical level, we have to be able to talk about leadership in our households and we have to be able to create leadership through action, not just telling people what's good. Mm -hmm. So if your daughter comes home and says, uh, Hey dad, am I fat? Like I got called fat today at school. You don't go, no, you're not, because mm -hmm. she knows you're lying. She knows she is. Or, and you don't say, you know, yes, you are, because mm -hmm. that's completely demeaning. And it now labels her. Now there's an identity that has shaped itself around being overweight. That, that, that's like an, a hardcore imprint on someone's brain when you say, yes, you are. Like, you are that. Mm -hmm. You have no, you have no way around it. That's just who you are. You are overweight, mm -hmm. but a better answer is you go, well, let's totally talk about being overweight. Like, mm -hmm. what does that mean to you? When someone says that to you, how does that make you feel? It probably makes you feel bad. Probably doesn't mm -hmm. make you feel good. You know, they're making fun of you. You go, well, what, what about like, what would, how would you like to look or mm -hmm. how would you like, well, then you can open up the door to a conversation on nutrition. You go, well, what are these key factors that are, are causing you to be fat. Well, do you know what your metabolism is? Can we talk about your BMR? Do you want to learn about like where your where the energy is actually used in your life? And it's probably way too little or too much of a conversation to just jump right into. But you have these openings to like have really intelligent conversations. But most parents have no idea. Being fat is an overweight or is a yes or no. It's an identity that they've associated themselves with for so long and they've never educated themselves on it. They've mm -hmm. never thought about their metabolism. They've never thought about food and breaking it down to its core components and understanding what protein is and why it's important. And they've never talked about how you can use working out to build muscle and why muscle is so important for your metabolism and creating stress on your body and recovery and maintaining that muscle and why it's so important. Nobody ever ever spends the time doing this. So what happens is the dad who just got this, asked this insanely vulnerable question of his daughter asking like, am I, am I fat? Cause I got called this at school. Now is in a position where he's completely handcuffed. And instead of showing that vulnerability or having that conversation, he just punts and he goes, yeah. well, you should eat your vegetables. Mm -hmm. And then what we well, dad, you don't eat vegetables. Dad, are you fat? Yeah. And it's there's like, no it's ability for anybody to have a, a a quality conversation around it because there's no education. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, like you said, it's usually going to be either that or just the denial, which isn't helpful either. It's kind of like how you know the the popular thing is now like you know fit in any size, and you want people to have have positive body image, but at the same time, you want to be realistic and say you know it's healthy and it's good for all these reasons to like you said have a healthy body composition. Um, know how and why to gain muscle. And it's like nobody or there, there's 90% of people are going to feel fine just getting relatively fit. You know, not yeah. everybody has to be shredded. Not everybody has to be the strongest person in the gym. But everybody, if everybody had this baseline, it would just be lead to so much more fulfillment and happiness. And just like you say, it doesn't take a lot, but it requires a little bit of uh, getting past that insecurity of not yeah. wanting to talk about it. It's brutal. And man, that question, like I, I actually, I, I want to create an entire series out of these like questions that pose themselves as yes or no questions, but actually dive into the fact that like 
if if you answer a question like that with a yes or no, it's it's a disaster. Mm-hmm. You've now labeled your own kids in a specific way without understanding that they're asking you a question that requires depth and requires education, requires a a a shift in mindset and and empowering them to say well, what, or to answer the question, well, what does healthy look like to you? We can be body positive all you want, but we also can't ignore the facts that being overweight is insanely unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Like you can love your body, but that's also a question. That's also an, an opportunity for people to, to come in and say, okay, well, you love your body. Like, that's great. Here are also the ramifications of being overweight mm-hmm. and you can also continue to improve your health. Like these are the markers. This is science. We can't argue with this stuff. This stuff has been proven over and over again. It's cool. If this is the way that you, I, I want you to love yourself, but I also want you to always be improving yourself. Yeah. And there's, there's no reason why we can't have better conversations about it. And this was really like, in a way, the launch pad of, I have to go deeper. I have mm-hmm. to really like, um, I have to start talking to people that need to lose between 20 and 40 pounds that at one point in time were very active in their life, that were, were very motivated, and then life started to hit them, and life started to hit them again, and life started to hit them again, and then all of a sudden, they, their, their personal goals went from number one to number four, number five, and it just slowly creeps away. It slowly gets away from everybody, and what do you do? You didn't yeah. spend the time. It's not their fault because they were getting the results. They were doing the thing. But what they didn't realize is that while they were partying on Friday and Saturday night, they were taking in a ton of calories. Mm-hmm. But Monday through Friday, they were working out so hard and training so much that they were breaking even. They were, they were able to sustain the lifestyle for that sweet spot of 10 years from 22 to 32 years old, when your testosterone's at its highest, when your energy's at its highest, when your metabolism, you're, you're up and moving, you're vibrant, you're, you're in like your, your prime mating season mm-hmm. all the time. And, and you have this opportunity in those years to break even and do great. Mm-hmm. But what happens when the, the unhealthy part sustains itself, but the super healthy part breaks down? Yeah. And you stop breaking even. And I'm thinking too about how you talked about sometimes maybe the wife isn't totally bought in and how it's just such an, an interesting, um, I guess, dance between like, you know, it makes someone feel insecure when they look at handling their health or when they talk about yeah. wanting to get a better grip on their health. But at the same time, you do truly just want to help. And that's, that's something I've battled with friends and family too. And I'm sure you have too, where I want to tell them the importance of being in good shape and how relatively easy it is and all the positive benefits. But often when someone hears that, when someone hears any advice on how to get in better shape, especially when it's friends and family, because you have that personal relationship, it's just, they jump towards insecurity right away. And so I think something else that I thought of there, when you're talking about, say the example of your daughter saying, dad, am I fat? It's like, there's a book uh, lying by Sam Harris, where he talks about the moral implications of telling a lie. And he, he addresses that question that, you know, most of us think of in this context, where it's like, if your wife says, does this dress make me look fat? And it's like, first and foremost, he's like, it's not lying to just tell her how much you love her or something like that in that situation, because she's just asking for affirmation. So it's like, first and foremost, letting your daughter or your wife or whoever it is that's close to you know that you love them no matter what. But then after we address that, here are the facts and here's the objectivity of why it's important to be healthy and stuff like that. So it's like handling the emotional side and the insecurity side and then going more objective and fact-based. Yeah. I, 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 it's so easy to just punt. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to just not answer the question. And most people are, don't want to sound dumb. Most people want to punt because they don't know. Look, if, if you grew up in a household where uh, your dad's like a, a wealth management financial advisor, you're probably going to grow up in a place where it's really easy to understand money. Mm-hmm. Just because the general conversation, anytime you go to buy something or you, you have money, your dad's going to sit down with you 
and your mom as well. Like it, it could be anybody. I just work with dads, so I say dads a lot. That that conversation with if you're a, if you're a 12 year old, you've done your chores enough to have 30, 40, 50 bucks. Your dad and you go, I want to go to like Target. And I'm going to buy all the puzzles or mm -hmm. whatever the hell kids do. I don't know. If your dad's in wealth management, he's going to look at you and go, all right, well, let's talk about this. We've got $40. If you put 10 of that over here and save it, this could happen. If you go blow all 40 of it right now, this is going to happen. And then we got to start back at zero because you don't have any more. But what if we go have a little bit of fun and we save a little bit? And then we've got this other stuff that we're kind of saving in the middle that we could go spend or we could go save. Mm -hmm. And now we've got – and you like – you have this conversation over and over again. And I truly – like it's insane to me how much of an advantage that I think my daughter has – by having me as a dad and just being able from the age of zero, from one day old, looking at her and talking about protein and talking about like having her see me work out in the garage all the time. Like one of the coolest things ever is that she doesn't ever ask me who my friends are, but she always asks me if I work out with people. Mm -hmm. Like she knows that that is the key metric of where my friends come from. Like, daddy, do you work out with that guy? Mm -hmm. Like, If your dad's a wealth in, in wealth management and a good financial advisor, you have a gigantic leg up in understanding how to build wealth in your life, likely. Just because the conversation and education system built into your household is a specific way. In my family, everyone's going to have a great relationship with food. Everyone's going to have a great understanding of how to get strong. We're probably going to do a lot of lifting weights, even though she's not really lifting weights. She's going to see me doing it all the time. She's going to grow up in an environment in which being healthy and strong matters, mm -hmm. not because I'm forcing it on her, but because it's the only thing she knows. And most kids don't have that opportunity. Most parents don't have that education. And what I want to do is take these people that need to radically transform their lives and they need to understand these big five rocks of mm -hmm. understanding the mindset around fat loss and health, understanding what their metabolism is, understanding how macronutrients play into fueling your body and, and how to adjust them to get to your specific goal and live a healthy, sustainable life understanding muscle and then kind of like the idea of mastery of taking those big rocks and moving them along in every stage of your life. Because if I did right now, what I was doing when I was 22 years old, I would be in the hospital every day. Mm -hmm. One, I would probably be divorced because I would be sacrificing everything that goes on in my household just so I could go to the garage and train for 60, 90 minutes. I'd be waking up and making sure that I get my like long cardio in, like need to be in the aerobic capacity zones and doing all this like it doesn't matter what matters is that three to four days a week i get half an hour i go lift some weights i, I make sure that i'm staying strong i eat to a specific number of protein calories or grams of protein every day to keep and maintain and rebuild muscle and then making sure that i'm active making sure that i'm a, an active participant in life and that when the kids are outside playing i'm outside playing do we don't we don't stay inside so mm -hmm. My daughter's not going to grow up with a really good education in art. It's just a fact. It's just not possible. I don't have that. Mm -hmm. But she's going to know how to play. Yeah, She's going to know how to do it because I'm out there doing it. I know how to make a game out of everything. I've been making games up in weight rooms my whole life. I know how to do these things, and it teaches them how to be active. I don't know how to program computers. I don't know how to do any of that stuff. But I know that we're going to we're going to have a really good movement education. We're going to have a really good conversation around food. We're going to have grow up with a mindset that your health is very important. Mm -hmm. And you have to understand how it all plays together. And I don't need to get into is keto right? I don't need to get into the like carnivore, vegan, all these all these things. We don't have to talk about them. It's just let's let's handle some big rocks. Let's have a good education around just general health and they're not going to get it anywhere else. It doesn't yeah. exist in public schools anymore. Like it literally does not exist. There is not a single school that is going to sit down and teach you the fundamental principles of being healthy. Yeah. Like the only thing you might've saw in school is maybe like the food pyramid, which is obviously pretty backwards for a lot of reasons. It's yeah, uh, <laughs> totally. It's not good. Right. So like um, there's, there's no way 
and you also have to understand, like me and you, we we care about this stuff way more than is necessary. Mm-hmm. Like in a way, you're a genius. Mm-hmm. Like you you're a savant when it comes at this stage of your life to understanding fitness. You know way more than anybody really needs to know to live a healthy life. Yeah. So what are the what are the things that they really need mm-hmm. to understand? Yeah. What I are the things? To, I listened parents, to a new yeah. uh, episode this week with uh, Brad Schoenfeld and. I remember, you know, it was a really interesting conversation, again, for people like you and me who care about getting into the weeds. But then at the end, uh, one of you mentioned, like, so what are the practical applications of this for somebody, you know, just going to the gym? And he goes, well, probably it doesn't matter at all for most people, because whether you are lifting, you know, more like hypertrophy 12 to 15 or like strength four to six rep ranges, it's like if you're going to the gym four days a week and your goal is just to be healthier than the average person, it doesn't matter at all. He's like, I think he said specifically something too, like if you're a bodybuilder looking to add one or two pounds of muscle to your frame, that can be a big deal. But that's, you know, the 1% of the 1% of people that want to do that. So it's, it might might be something that's fun for you to get into the weeds. Just like if someone is like a big nerd about personal finance and loves to budget and loves to save money just because that's how their brain works. And it kind of lights them up. I understand people like that. And that's how I am with fitness, but it's like also telling people, you know, you can get 80% of the results and never have to dig into the weeds at all. And I really like the money comparison too, because I think that what's obvious there is the wealth manager dad is not going to say you can never waste your money or this is a waste of money, but there's probably going to be a conversation around intentional spending. Do you like to spend your money on, on games? Is that going to make you happy? That's fine. And at the same time, it's like, do you like dessert? Do you like eating ice cream? That's fine. But we have to realize that more often than not, we have to eat these specific foods because they're healthy and because of the way they're going to make us feel, but also not attaching like that moral value of good and bad to foods. Yeah. And, and that's another thing with parents too, that you'll probably see when you have that hard mindset of this is what's good. This is what's bad. If you see your mom or dad going, Oh, I was so bad again this weekend. I ate this and that. Then you're, you're the kid is going to, is going to subtly hear, Oh, pizza's bad. Eating desserts is bad and have that connection to it, yeah. which stays with people for a long time and is not, I don't think indicative of the truth, which is that some things are going to be more calorie dense and make you add fat faster. Again, back to that fact-based objective metrics. And some things are going to be more geared towards helping you gain muscle, helping you stay full, stuff like that. And that's how the conversations I think should be had. It's it's opening the the ability to have a good conversation, uh, uh, an educational conversation about helping them just understand what's going on you know like i'm lucky to be able to do this for the the hardest thing for me to do is to dumb it down mm-hmm. to a level that makes sense yeah like very much like schoenfeld saying is like oh yeah like none of this matters mm-hmm. and and it's hard because i often live at the ends of the spectrum of where like i really want to know all the things that are happening like i want to know what schoenfeld knows mm-hmm. but i also because i've been doing this for 20 this will be my 24th summer that i've been in the gym i know none of it matters mm-hmm. none of it outside of just showing up every day and and eating and in a specific way that gets to a specific caloric amount and, and getting enough protein like everything else is is completely overcomable by just showing up there's there's just no other thing like i i think this is of course we have to talk a little bit about social media because it's so much a part of life Mm -hmm. but like um this is the part that is hysterical to me at times about social media is like i can't post a workout and actually think it's cool I've done so many workouts that it's just another day. Like I'm not doing anything special. I, I, how many times do I have to do a back squat and act like I'm solving world hunger? It's, it's a stupid back squat. Mm -hmm. I do it every Monday, every Monday I squat for 24 straight years of my life. Am I supposed to get on social media? Crushed it today. No, Mm -hmm. I didn't. I didn't. I just did what I do every single Monday. And what do I do on Tuesdays? I do pull-ups and I do rows and I, I do upper body pulling. 
I typically do that three to four days a week and some pressing. Like it, it, it's the least glamorous. And yeah. I see my friends and people that are like document and I'm like, come on guys, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't real. Like, you know, that all the, the, the your workout sucks. Mm-hmm. You I know think- that your workout isn't special. It's you've just been doing it forever. Mm-hmm. But I would also argue, and like, this is something I wrote about in my newsletter today. Like as a coach, sometimes I will kind of, hype the benefit of something a little bit more than is necessary. I mean, if you, you can kind of be a nihilist almost about this stuff and be like, well, and there's a hundred things you can do. All you need to do is do things consistently. But for people that maybe, you know, a lot of people just want to coach for that accountability or for that to help them with consistency. So a lot of times I see myself hyping up the idea of, oh, this is why, you know, working with a lot of times guys my age, it's like, this is why a higher carb diet might benefit you. Or well, this is why this certain food might benefit you. Yeah. And knowing that that's not going to be the end all be all, but as a coach kind of going, this might be really the thing that unlocks it for you. So they kind of have this higher expectation 100%. and they have that, that, that drive and motivation. Oh, this is the new thing. This is what I'm going to go after. Not ever lying, obviously, but yeah. just, and it's like, oh, have you ever tried, you know, going more high intensity and lowering your volume. Like it might be the perfect thing for your body type and saying stuff like that, because that's what's going to be up here. Oh, cool. Now I'm really locked in. I completely agree. And that's why I also want to play at the other end of the spectrum where I can add as much depth as possible Mm -hmm. to the conversation. It's really about who you're talking to, right? Mm -hmm. And the breadth of discussion that could happen. You could be Dr. Andy Galpin and Dr. Brad Schoenfeld. Like you could go that route where Galpin's in there like carving out people's muscle fibers to know the exact specific thing that is needed to get them to the this pinnacle moment so that they can go in the cage and fight people and not die. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's a real life thing. Or it could be Schoenfeld and de- working with the, the greatest bodybuilders and, and getting them to shred like half of a percent of body fat and add two pounds of muscle so it's all symmetrical and perfect like dude dr bill campbell's a savage like those guys exist and they are a hundred percent needed so that we understand the full spectrum of what's going on when we go to the gym the people i want to talk to and the people that i want to help i want them to worry less about details and i want them to understand that there's really five big factors that Mm -hmm. we need to worry about I want you to understand the mindset. I want you to understand how you feel about yourself. I want you to be able to objectively view the internal and external environments and be able to just step back and get out of the stories, get out of all the stuff that that goes on in your brain and just go, what am I, what am I going to do? Like, Mm -hmm. am I happy? I'm not really that happy. And then you go, well, in the future, I'd like to be happy. I wonder what happy people do. Happy people probably have goals and they work hard to achieve them. I'll do that. And then they look at their body and they go, well, I'm not happy with that. Mm-hmm. Well, what is my ideal future? I'd like to be stronger, leaner. I'd like to lose 40 pounds. I'd like to lose 30 pounds. You go, all right, well, what are the systems and structures and habits and routines of a person that ha- maintains somewhere between 13 to 18% body fat and is proud of the way they look? Mm-hmm. I'll start to adopt those things. What is, what does my significant relationship look like? How do I feel about my marriage, man? Because I'm depressed because I don't like myself and the way that I, I I show up. Like, I'm not showing up well for them. Right. So I should work on that. And all those things are just like, it, 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 am I impacting my children the way that I want to? Like at the very highest level, let's talk about your mindset and and the behavioral patterns that exist in your life that have gotten you to where you're at today. Yeah. understand where the future is and let's let's build a path to that right one of the subconscious stories that i have known that i used to tell myself is like especially in college why i didn't go like all into the fitness and nutrition as a viable career option sooner was because i kind of had this vision of like oh that's not that serious you know that's not a worthy goal that's not a worthy thing to go after but really it's just what what is more worthy than helping people with their physical health because you know that's going to help them emotionally that's going to help them mentally it's going to make them a better partner. It's going to make them yeah. a better dad or mom. It's like, what it's, it's, I, I remember um, specifically 
hearing, if you're familiar with Naval Ravikant, he kind of talks about how there's just a few things that everybody needs. It's like financial stability, you need your health, you need good relationships. And it's like, there's just a few things in life that if you get these right, everything else is kind of secondary. Of course, you want to try to thrive in your career and thrive with your family, but how look at the percentage of people that are doing those things, but then are also have a manage manage their health. It's 80 to 90% because that's just such a foundational part of being an actualized person. It's actually the easiest possible thing. It -hmm. requires zero startup costs. Like if you were to lay out, like what's the path to wealth, it's a really long path. It, It requires a lot of, you know, a lot of discipline. It mm-hmm. requires investing. It in, it requires like not putting your money in weird cryptocurrency because you saw it on Twitter or mm-hmm. some f- flying around stock that just released that's going to be so hot. You're going to make billions of dollars. No, you likely are going to have to develop a skill and then you're going to have to build a business and then you're going to have to invest that money in a specific way and build build something that takes a long time and it's really hard. Getting in shape is so simple. You just go and don't eat as much. Mm-hmm. Like it, everyone can do it for roughly $30 a month. Mm-hmm. And just shifting the behavior patterns that go into it. Like it is, and because you are a healthier person, you show up in the world a healthier person, mm-hmm. you have a better view of your own life. You're going to be more present with your family. Like everything is better when you feel good, mm-hmm, when you feel absolutely. happy, when you're moving in a positive direction, that positivity radiates to every other aspect of your life. Like it is literally the simplest way to improve every aspect of your life. And that is where I'm finding people right now is that, you know, I get on the phone with them and we're, we're talking about working together and you go, well, you know, like, where are you at with some of these pieces? And it takes about two questions before you dig into, you start to realize like, they're just not, they're not, they're not showing up in the manner that they want to show up. They're not the husband they want to be. They're not the dad they want to be. They're not the person they want to be. And it's not like it happened overnight. It happened Mm -hmm very, very slowly where Mm -hmm. life just started to kick them and they stopped fighting for that space. They stopped fighting for themselves and you just can't do that. You have to consistently fight for your time and your space and your ability to go work on yourself so that you're available to be able to help everyone else around you. Yeah. The death of a thousand cuts, right? It's the worst man. And I didn't realize this was a thing. I didn't realize because so many I think people. you didn't realize that because it's true in reverse too. If you you can you can it can be the death of a thousand cuts or it can be the opposite of that. I do the bare minimum year after year after year, and so I don't see these negative things yeah. take place. Whereas just as easily you cannot do the bare minimum year after year after year and just feel like oh you know I'll get to that. But eventually you it's so easy to fool yourself and it's so easy to say I'll get back to it. But it's five, ten, fifteen years later, and that's probably the situation you're seeing a lot of people in, obviously. I had no, first off, you can't actually know what's going on in their life or have like a, even an idea of meeting that demographic of people where they're at until you're sort of there, Mm -hmm. um, until you're kind of in the thick of it and you go, oh, oh, everything changed. I made like a, it wasn't even a joke. This is just real life, but our videographer is a, I want to say he's like 31. He lives skateboarding distance from the beach he surfs every day in carlsbad california he's an awesome awesome kid he takes pictures of instagram people to sell for for companies and and product and he lives a phenomenal life and he asked me on our team call the other day and he was like so i mean did you really have to give up like that much once you had a kid like what really did you change in your life and i was like you know like I used to go on like 
walks for an hour just because I used to go surfing whenever I wanted. I used to train all the time. Like I had endless time. I lived in San Diego. Now I live on the East Coast. I used to live at the beach. I don't do that anymore because everything needs to be focused on family, fatherhood, making sure that I have help and support. I'm in the right neighborhoods and schools and all this stuff. I was like, yeah, so besides that, nothing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, everything changes. And until you're in that space, you don't understand how easy, how simple it would be to just put on five pounds this year. Like, ah, it's no big deal. It's just five pounds. Mm -hmm. And then you're, and then you all of a sudden you're happy at 200, 205. And you go, ah, now 207, 208. Ah, those are like close enough to where I was. All I got to do is like, turn it around. Right. Yeah. I can. And then it's 215 and then it's 220. And next thing you know, it's, it's a pound a month and, mm-hmm. and you've just spiraled. It's, it's until you see how simple it could be to go that direction. It's, it's really hard to understand it. And I, mm-hmm. I would have never understood it. Like, dude, when people came into my gym and they had kids and family, I just assumed yeah, and you're everybody. Like, Give me a break. It's easy. I, I was like, I would be that, that guy that they, they'd be like, well, I just have a hard time making it to the gym four days a week. And I'd be like, you don't have four hours to come work out. Guess what? I don't have four hours to work out. Mm-hmm. I don't have four hours to want to work out right now. I have like 30 minutes on Monday, 30 minutes on Tuesday or on Wednesday, 30 minutes on Friday. But you know what I do? Instead of worrying about how much time I'm spending lifting weights, I wake up early. I go for a two mile run in the morning. Mm-hmm. It costs me 20 minutes. I come home. I meditate for 10 to 15 minutes. I feel good about it. Before I start my workday, I, I wake up earlier so that I can get these things done. Yeah. When, it, when, when my day starts moving and I've got daughter at daycare, everything is like moving, workday's happening. Every three hours, I get up and I go walk a mile. I, I don't ever work out more than like 30 minutes. But if you were to add up everything on the spectrum of fitness in a week, from the lowest of intensity of walking to jogging to rowing to sprinting to lifting to stretching to thi- there's maybe 50 60 20 minute blocks mm-hmm. that i have allocated to movement health making sure that i'm like checking boxes just feeling good it's always at the top of my mind of how can i sneak this in with my current lifestyle because i don't have the now I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go do power cleans. Then I'm gonna go work on overhead. Then I'm gonna go squat. Then I need to do unilateral stuff, mm-hmm. and then I need to do conditioning. No, it just doesn't. It so if it has to match your lifestyle, and everybody thinks about fitness at the age of 22, mm-hmm. 27, everybody thinks about fitness. Everybody's got their pack of bros. Everybody's got their crew. They all train together. They all party together. They're all on the hunt together. But once the hunting's over, the wheels fall off because it's Mm -hmm. so easy to just not do it. And And you want to talk about discipline. Like I know that I myself and other people my age, it's like, oh, you don't have the discipline. And it's like, it's not necessarily the discipline. It's knowing that the game changes. Like you said, spurts of 20 minutes of exercise versus always knowing you're going to have that two hours straight that you're going to be able to work out is a big mindset shift. But knowing that you can still get a win that way. You can still get the results you want that way. It's just being more malleable in how you get there. It's, it's not, look, dude, this is super, super important. Uh, this is like, I'm, I'm so happy we're having this conversation. I appreciate it. It's so important for people to understand that it's just a barbell. And a, your relationship with the barbell is allowed to change just like your relationship with your wife, just like your relationship with your girlfriend, just like your relationship with your kids. If it's, if it's static and it stays in the exact same place while you continue to grow, while she continues to grow, while everyone continues to grow and you're still treating each other like you did in the very first week, month, year of your relationship while you're still dating. Look, my wife and I have a completely different dynamic today with one child that's three and another one on the way than we did in the first month of us mm-hmm. dating or the first year of us dating. We have like real problems to solve. We're, our, our, 
problems nowadays aren't what they were in the first year of how much sex can we have and how mm-hmm. much how hot can this life be because things are so great no like we have we have kids we've got yeah we still like those moments but we're not 27 years old mm-hmm. we've got mortgage and investments and kids and life and we're we're building this this thing together and if if you look at a barbell in the exact same way that you look at um look at it when when it was like i have to pr i have to go to regionals i have to no stop you're allowed to change the dynamic you're allowed to change the framework you're allowed to just go in like man this this i i did a a facebook live in our in our group the other day just because i I go through these processes and i want them to be as transparent as possible where it's like i i don't have the time to squat or the energy to squat 400 pounds ever again in my life Mm -hmm. it's not even something that i want to like anytime the crossfit open rolls around i always have at least like one friend make a joke and they're like don't you feel like you want to come back and i'm like no Mm -hmm. but i think that's because i'm chasing my old self it's because i have no interest in working out like that yeah i think it's absurd it does not align with anything that i consider valuable it probably speaks to doing the best at every point in your life too, though. Like if you feel like I had that time in my life where I went after that and I don't regret not giving it enough effort or anything yeah. like that, which can be another issue, you, you feel good about it. It came and went and now it's... you're putting your effort towards other goals and there. And it's like, it's almost like your whole life, you're building the skill of how to give effort and how to give high quality effort. But the focus can totally switch working out to family. And that's why I think that people that work out and get in great shape, they just know you you learn. It's like learning the skill of excellence, how to be excellent at something, how to be yeah. an excellent weightlifter can translate to how to be an excellent dad or, or husband, you know? It's just being able, yeah, it, you got to be able to, like the barbell has to be in your life forever. Mm-hmm. Maybe not specifically a barbell, but you have to, you have to do strength training forever. So treat it as a, as a living being growing thing that is just going to, you're going to have a relationship with forever. That dynamic has to change. There doesn't have to be three plates on the bar every single Monday. There doesn't have to be PRs. There doesn't, but what you got to do is you got to go check in Yeah. and your training program. Yeah. Your training program doesn't have to be the greatest training program in the world. No, it needs to be good Mm -hmm. and you need to do it. So find a way to do it without it sacrificing every other thing in your life because training for me was number one for 20 years. Like that's probably a lie because I cared more about sports in high school and that's why I lifted weights. But once high school sports were over, that 15-year window basically became like the only thing that mattered. Lifting weights, hanging with my friends, doing bro stuff. And then – once you get married, like it kind of changes, but also I owned the gym and I, and then the kid showed up and it went whoosh, mm-hmm. right to like number five. It became very not important and not important because I like didn't want to do it or not important because I like didn't see value in it or wanted to get strong. No, it became so it, it went to fifth because all of a sudden, like it doesn't seem important. You don't have the same value. You go, you go, what am I going to do? Back squat or hang out with my kids? Mm-hmm. I should probably hang out with my kids. That seems much more valuable. Well, it is much more valuable until three years down the road when you haven't done anything and now you're 15 pounds overweight. That's, that's the, the sacrifice. You can't sacrifice family, fatherhood, or fitness. They have to coexist. They all have to go together. And that's really like the ethos of what we are, are putting together, building for busy dads that build, want to build strong, lean and athletic bodies without sacrificing family, fatherhood, or fitness. And it became like, once, once it all clicked, I went, Oh, Oh, this is like, this, this is a group of people that have been completely forgotten about. And not only can I help them lose weight and get in better shape and build this strong athletic body, but I can also 
build confidence and all those things that we, we all know come along with being proud of the work that you're doing in the gym and, and feeling better, but building that confidence and be and like being the role model that you want to be. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, well, why do you want, why do you want to carry yourself in that specific way? Which really gets into that philosophical piece that we were talking about earlier of like, we need to create leaders. We need dads to be leaders in their household. We need them to be able to have the education system so that when their kids have questions about health, when their kids come to them and say, am I fat? It's not yes or no. And now we're labeling it. We're having, we're opening up the ability to have a conversation. We're able to be intelligent in how we answer those questions and we're, we're building leaders. And that is the, the macro of, of why we do what we do and, and how this program went from me joking on myself in my garage because I was mm-hmm. changing diapers and daddy daycare and everything else to launching a program, to launching a mentorship program, to you know really trying to impact people's lives in, in a demographic that three years ago I didn't know existed. Yeah. I mean, health is everything. Health is happiness. Health is your confidence. And I love that you guys are putting out this positive message. And I know, uh, I know you have to go here, but this conversation has been super fun, super happy to have it. And, uh, Dude, I, I got to tell you something. Program. What's that? In one year, your podcasting skills, superb. Well, You're crushing you. it. I you've gotten so it. much. I don't want to say you were bad, but you've gotten significantly better. It's much more polished. You do a great job. Thank I appreciate you. It. I, I appreciate it a lot. And yeah. uh, we'll have to do it again, no doubt. Absolutely. All right. Talk soon. Right on, my man. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. If you would, please take a minute out of your day to review and rate the podcast as well as subscribe. It would really help me out a lot. And if you're on Instagram, go ahead and follow me on there at jakeparker.fit and screenshot and tag me when you're listening to the show. I'll be sure to share it and thank you personally on there.